beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. I've been sitting here all morning, procrastinating, pressing record on this final episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. After hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of me talking into this microphone, I now find myself at a loss for words, honestly. 10 Things to Tell You, it's not my first podcast. This is my third podcast, and each of them have changed me in some way, but this show has been the most personal, and it has required the most of me in terms of vulnerability and creativity and just the sheer feat of showing up here every single week for three years. It has just been a transformative experience. And I thank you for being on the ride with me, for listening, sharing, and you also showing up on Tuesdays ready to reflect or learn or sometimes just to chat. It has been such an honor to make these episodes for you, and I will never forget our time here together. For this last episode, I decided just to drill down to the most important 
10 things I have to tell you. The 10 things that I've really like hammered on (laughs) these last three years, either because I really, really wanted you to hear me on that topic or because I really needed to learn it myself. So I have 10 ideas, 10 words that I wanted to leave you with. This is a little bit reminiscent of the list I have in my book. The book that, yes, came out of this podcast and released last year, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. In the book, I have a list of 10 pieces of unsolicited advice. And you will notice that there's some overlap from that list to what I'm going to say today. Because I've realized, I guess, that I just have like... 10 songs I sing over and over and over again. At least one of these ideas shows up in every single episode that I record. And so you will recognize every single thing that I'm going to say today. But still, it feels like a closing ceremony for both of us. I wrote these down, by the way. So if you notice that I'm reading them, it's because I really wanted to get this right. And also because I'm a writer first before I'm a podcaster. And this isn't the type of episode that's just going to be fly by the seat of your pants. I really wanted to leave you with these 10 things. They are important to me. They are important to us. So here we go. My 10 things to tell you. Number one, read. Everyone has time to read. Everyone. Setting the timer on your phone and reading for 20 minutes a day. That is my big rule, 20 minutes a day. This will get you through an average-sized book like every two weeks-ish, which is two books a month, 24 books a year, and this is a practice that will change your whole life. It does not matter what you read. I know, that's a twist. I've really grown on that topic. But you do not have to be educating yourself with every single book. You don't even have to read books, particularly. You can read magazines or long-form journalism, whatever's been stacked on your bedside for two years. I just want you to read for your own pleasure, whatever that means. You can read thrillers, mysteries, romance, drama, graphic novels. It actually does not matter because I think that if you're reading, you're transporting Something is opening in you when you read, like your imagination or your bias, your perspective, your heart. It is simply impossible to read other people's words consistently and also stay stagnant. Reading changes you and in turn changes the world. I really believe that. If you listen to not one other thing I have ever said or written, please hear this one thing. Read. Number two, share. I had been reading and talking on the internet for years before I realized that the number one message that I needed to preach was to share that there is so much we can say about how social media has shifted our culture and like how despite all this connection, we are still in an epidemic of loneliness. But I believe that the answer to all of that disconnection and isolation is to share yourself. I also know that it is not that simple. I know that we all have hangups about 
you know, raising our hands <laughs> about saying the scary thing, about letting ourselves be seen. I also know that social media, it may not be your jam. And that in-person gatherings for some people, it might just spin you all the way out. But you got to pick somewhere, either online or face-to-face or with a friend group or with your partner, and you have to share yourself if you want the benefits of relationship. There's absolutely no getting around it. And if you're listening to me and to this show, you have no excuse because on every episode, 150 plus episodes, I've offered an angle for you to discuss. I also wrote a whole book with 10 big life questions that you can use as a starting point. Sharing yourself, it may be messy. It may make you cry. You might get a vulnerability hangover. You might, in a worst case scenario, lose friends before you gain new ones once you really start to share yourself. But I will tell you from a decade, actually, well, four decades of experience that sharing yourself will bring you freedom. That living in a cage of secrets and suppressing all that emotion, it is no way to live and you are not going to find fulfillment that way. I want that relaxing peace for you that comes from being in total alignment with who you really are. And I think that that starts with sharing your stuff. Number three, notice. Notice is a word that comes up for me all the time, which also means that it's something that creeps into this show pretty regularly. I want us to pause on this word notice because it is so important and also it's so easy just to blow by this idea because I know we're all busy. We all have short attention spans. We're all juggling a lot of plates every day, but remembering to notice is the very first step of mindful living. It's one thing just to notice the things around us. This is important. The way our kids light up when they talk about their favorite thing. I noticed today the way the dog's head leans all the way back when I give him some scratches. I like to notice the way the sun comes through the back window every evening around sunset. But it is deeper work to notice ourselves. I advise sitting for five minutes every single day just to notice. Again, I set a timer because I'm a timer person and it works for me, but this isn't a formal meditation. I do not want you to focus on your breathing or anything like that. This is just five minutes of silence and stillness, and I want you to notice what comes up when you do this. How does your body feel? Do you have pain anywhere? Are you thirsty? What does it feel like to have your feet on the floor? Maybe they're tucked up underneath you. What's your general mood? When's the last time you even noticed your general mood? Notice if you're nursing a hurt or a grudge. Is there some anger there that you've been stuffing down for, I don't know, a year, more? Also notice what your racing mind is doing, because if you're not in the habit of sitting for five minutes in silence, or I mean, if you're like me, even if you are in the habit of doing this, your mind is most likely racing. So what's it saying? You can just notice it without judgment. Just notice. 
Is it a never-ending to-do list? Are you replaying a conversation from earlier in the day? For me, it's really impossible to try and stop that chatter, really, but I do just try to grab the reins on what the chatter is. Just notice. Noticing things in your life, about others, about yourself, it may be the first step in mindfulness, but it's also something that never stops. It is a lifelong practice. I think we don't give ourselves enough permission to simply notice. We feel obligated to either stuff down an unflattering feeling or a fact, or we feel required to respond in some way, like with our opinion or our reaction. And that can be a knee-jerk thing. That can just be something that's steeped in old habits or old thought patterns. It's not really based on what is happening in front of us, on what we are really noticing. So later today, after you finish listening to this episode all the way through, I want you to take at least one moment where you purposefully notice something. See if it's a surprise. Number four, move. Five years ago, maybe more than five years ago, I would have been baffled by this directive. I basically would have ignored it, truthfully, because I was way too old. Like I was fully in my mid-30s before I discovered that movement is healing. That movement with your body, it helps you process trauma. It helps open up places inside of you that were previously closed. I credit moving my body, learning about the mind-body connection for like really the very first time. I credit that season with the deepest spiritual change that I've ever experienced. So prior to movement, which for me started with Pilates, but for you it might be yoga, walking, dancing, whatever works for you. Think of it not as exercise because that might have negative connotations for you. It does for me. So I don't think of it as exercise. I think of it simply as moving myself. But prior to me learning about this, I lived completely in my head. It was all in my head. I have such an active brain. I am above average emotional, as a nice way to put it. My brain is always going, going, going. And my body, this beautiful instrument, it was just being neglected. It was being wasted. And it all came down to a hatred of my body being perceived like as an object. I just didn't want to sweat. I didn't want to be looked at. I didn't want to look dumb. These are all things that I associated with movement. And I didn't want to wrestle with the knowledge that I was weak which I was. I had no strength in my body and I had convinced myself that the only strength that mattered was in your mind and spirit. But do you know what happens to a weak, weak body as it ages? It hurts. It fails. It is unable to do basic tasks and it is unable to heal itself. And so when a host of physical problems presented themselves in my body after delivering two babies, I really had no choice but to build up just a little bit of strength. And that tiny amount of effort, literally learning to do one single sit-up, which I could not do when I started. I was mid-30s. 
mom of two, I couldn't do a single sit up. That one small thing cracked me all the way wide open. And it was after I started getting in touch with my body through Pilates and gentle movement that I also came back in touch with a side of myself, like a side of baby Laura that had been hidden since childhood. I saw the world with a clarity that I hadn't in years. I just had fresh eyes. I'm also not going to lie. This was actually acutely painful uh, in some ways, emotionally, when this veil was lifted in my life. I ended up stepping away from people and from institutions that had been part of my identity. And that was actually a really heartbreaking journey for me. But it was also good and right. And I am like the last person to tell you that personal revelation started with body movement, except that it did. And I can't deny it. Moving our bodies moves our spirit. So don't be scared. Number five, decorate. It's a funny word, kind of. You've heard me say it time and time again, but let me repeat myself on this one. Your space matters. Whether it's a studio apartment, a five-bedroom house, your work cubicle, your kitchen table, the space around you can greatly affect your mood, your productivity, your ability to relax, and your confidence. So I understand the word decorate kind of a funny word. It's going to mean different things to different people. You might be a minimalist, and so it's the stripping down. It is the decluttering that pleases you. Or maybe you're a maximalist, like me, and graphic prints and colors, it is soothing, even if other people don't always understand that. But by decorate, I just mean that you should make your spaces as much as possible reflect you and what brings you happiness. A dull, dark kitchen, this will not encourage you to cook. A disastrous, overstuffed closet, this will not inspire you to dress well. You have to think about why a space is or is not working the way you want it to and see what changes that you can make to change like the energy in that room. Now, I know that we don't all have the luxury of decorating every single space we occupy, but little touches can still make a bigger difference than you know. So I'm thinking of a candle, a photo, a splash of color. The more you that you can bring to an environment, the better you'll feel when you're there. And especially in an era where we're spending more dedicated time in our spaces than ever before with quarantining, working from home, if you don't like what your eyes and ears and nose even are taking in around you, you won't perform well and you won't feel good. If something feels off and you cannot quite put your finger on it, think about your space See if one or two or 10 changes might make a difference. Your space matters. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and yes, more odor. 
That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Number six, armor up. You know, I dislike it when people say that full makeup or piercings or tattoos or bold clothing, any way that we adorn ourselves, I really hate it when people say that that is phony or attention-seeking or like a mask for the real person, because I prefer to think of these outward choices, not as masks, but as armor. And whatever brings you confidence as an outward expression, whether that's pink hair or just a graphic tee or my personal favorite, bright lipstick, you can consider that a tool in your belt for walking through the world. I have tried to convert many people to the quick confidence that bright lipstick can bring. I know that there has been mixed results out there. But for me, wearing bright lipstick gives me a jolt of courage. It's like putting on a cape. Okay, now I'm a superhero. Now I can do the thing because this lipstick says something about me that I want it to say, regardless of how I feel inside. Bright lipstick says that I am ready It says, you can't ignore me. It says, I am here. Now you may have different armor. You may arm yourself with like your hair, your clothes, your glasses, your favorite jeans, whatever. It doesn't matter. But it is not dumb or juvenile or a sign of weakness to use outside props, if you will, calling them props, to bring out your inner courage. It's dress up, but it's not playing. If you are hearing this and thinking that you don't really have any armor, I challenge you to notice, number three, notice, next time you choose like a lucky outfit or your favorite shoes or even something non-tangible that you armor up with. And if you still can't think of one, well, maybe you need to try out some of my armor and see if it works for you. (laughs) May I suggest the NARS Velvet Matte Lip Pencil? It is a longtime favorite. Number seven, document. I want you to document your life even if no one will ever see it except for you. I want you to take pictures. I want you to journal. I want you to share on social media as much as you're comfortable. I want you to track your reading. I want you to track your favorite movies, whatever kind of art moves you. I want you to write down what happened and why it mattered. You can do this in just a few words in your planner, just jot down a few things, or you can take up all kinds of space, pages and pages of your journal. 
also want you to take selfies. I really want you to post selfies, but if you simply cannot do that, then at least commit to taking them every now and then, because I want you to know what you look like and remember what you looked like when. I feel so strongly about selfies, and again, you may never share them with anyone, but I want you to take them. When you document yourself, you are doing a few things. First, you're saying that you were here, that you lived, that you paid attention, that it wasn't all lost to the sand. Secondly, when you document yourself and your feelings and your opinions, you are informing the generations after us. Wouldn't you rather read your great-great-grandmother's journals about the Great Depression than watch a documentary about the Great Depression? I mean, wouldn't you really value her firsthand lived experience? Of course you would. I don't want to leave history only to the historians, only to the filmmakers, only to the victors. I want to share my own voice and my own experience and what life was like. Now, throughout this pandemic, I have encouraged you to document and share for this really specific reason, because I want you to look back in a few years and read your own words about what it was like, not to be muddled by what they will eventually tell us it was like. The way you choose to document will be based on your own personality and what keeps you interested. So like if journaling isn't your thing, then just post to Facebook occasionally. The undercurrent of what you are posting or writing or sharing, the undercurrent is always, this is what our life looks like right now. If you, for some reason, can't remember to do this on your own regularly, well, lucky for you, I host social media challenges that will remind you to share yourself and to document your life. So even though this podcast is ending, my social media challenges are not because I feel so strongly about this one. We do not need an excuse to document and also No one is going to hold us accountable to do it, but I think that you will be glad that you did. Number eight, practice. Practice is my word for 2022, and I haven't talked about this exact word overtly on the show. However, I think it's a more gentle word than ritual, which is something I've shared a lot about over the years. I believe that rooting ourselves in ritual or practice gives us meaning. Morning routines, Sunday pancakes, lighting an evening candle, saying a prayer, doing the donut run every Saturday. Like these are things that we shape our lives around and it grounds us in who we are and in who we want to be. For me, a practice, a ritual, moves me closer to the person I want to become. I am practicing something sacred and the repetition makes it holy. So I have practices with my body, movement, practices with my mind, 20-minute reading timer, practices with my soul, meditation, gathering with loved ones. I love that the word practice is both a noun and a verb. That feels about right to me. To practice is to do something as a means of custom or as a way to get better at something. It's also inherently repetitive, which is the real magic. I want you and me both to practice everything that we're talking about here today, everything that we've been talking about here for three years, 
reading, noticing, moving, sharing, all of it. We are practitioners of becoming more of ourselves. Number nine, listen. I have spent a handful of years now urging, begging, pleading you to share yourself, and maybe I haven't given enough time to listening. I care so much about the sharing piece because I think too many of us are making ourselves small and quiet, but quiet doesn't equate to listening. We can be perfectly quiet, hold our tongue, appear measured and reasonable, and still not be listening. Like some of the quietest people I know are just numb. They're just as frantically trying to make sense of it all inside, as well as those of us who are like outwardly, verbally processing. So I'm speaking to all of us as I come nearly to the end of this list. I want to encourage something I haven't given much airtime to. Listen. Listen to our loved ones when they share their pain. Listen to voices outside of our own life experience. Listen to the sounds of our homes, our lives. Listen to the podcasts and the books that teach us something or even just make us laugh. Listen to what's underneath whatever's being said. Listen to our intuition. There is a time to share and a time to listen. Those times might even be in the same conversation, in the same hour, but don't do either halfway. I want you to use your mouth and I want you to use your ears. And lastly, number 10, thank. I wanted this final note of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast to be about gratitude, about openly and repeatedly thanking those who teach us and inspire us and make us laugh and help make the world a little better. Because even in this like topsy-turvy situation we found ourselves in the last two years, there is always, always, always room for gratitude. But I'm going to stop preaching at you for a second and tell you instead, thank you. Number 10 is thank you. Thank you for really understanding what I was trying to do with this show over the years and continually tuning in and encouraging me to keep telling you 10 things. This podcast morphed from a 15-minute journal prompt idea to much longer form conversations, and then we had book episodes and favorite things recommendations, and many, many, many more questions than we ever found answers. But I feel very lucky in this crowded podcast space that we still communed together every single week and we navel-gazed in the very best way. And as I said in the beginning, it was transformative for me, and I hope that it was for you. I am now off to write a second book for us. This next one is going to be about friendship and about what comes after we've shared our stuff. My hope is that I'll return to this mic again. Maybe this will be my natural rhythm between writing, using my voice. I will miss speaking into your life every week, but I'm also excited about a season with a little more quiet. Thank you, friends. You have always been the greatest part of this show. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.
and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.